Good morning. Uh, today's daf in Sukkah, Nun Dal, where Nun Gimbal and Basin. We're starting today with the Mishnah. Mishnah over here is going to enumerate the number of tequilas that are blown in the base of Mikdash on a daily basis. And then when is going to be the most frequent time where the uh, tequilas are going to be blown? Uh, blowing the shofar is primarily done in, in conjunction with the Nasachim. So we, we've, we made this point already numerous times, but it bears repeating, especially in today's daf. And that is, is that with, the, with, with every carbon that's brought, so not every single carbon, but most carbon that are brought. So you have nesachim that come along with it. So by carbon sebra, so you have a, a, it's complemented by nesachim. Uh, nesachim is going to be made up of, of flour, oil, and wine. Uh, so for the wine that is poured onto the mizbeach, so we already described earlier where exactly it's going to be poured on the mizbeach on the southwest corner, where there are two bowls over there in the southwest corner. One is dedicated for the nesach of sukkus, which we're going to actually discuss a little bit more of, and the other one is the nesach so they're in the southwest corner. And if you remember, just to be a little bit more specific, so you, we can all visualize together. So they're in the southwest corner, so these bowls are side by side. So one is further west and one's a little bit to the east. So the, uh, so the one that's further to the west, that's for the Mayan. The one's a little bit to the east, that's for the Ayan. So, uh, so anyway, so when, when doing the Nisa Chayayin, so the Levim would be singing Shira while the wine was being poured. And then, uh, while the Levim were doing Shira, not while, but... Uh, right, uh, the uh, the shear that they would sing would be a parakin tehillim, and then that parakin tehillim would be broken up, and you would be, and, and there would be a tekiah, and, and, and you blow the uh, shofar. Now, as we're going to be discussing over the course of today's daf, so when we say we're blowing the shofar, so really the blowing of the shofar is a composite of three blasts. It would, you would do a tekiah, a trua, and a tekiah. Now, it happens to be that for the parak of shira that was sung by the levim, it was broken up into three paragraphs. So that means to say that each time you would be blowing tekiah, so uh, this is not higher level math, so that means that there would be three blasts d- d- done three times. So that means that for the nesachim that's come, that comes in, in conjunction with the carbon, so that would make for a total of nine blasts. Hold, hold that thought, hold that number. So when it comes to the nesachim of a carbon, so there'd be nine tekiahs in total. Okay. Uh, and again, when I say tekiah, so when we say tekiah, true or tekiah, that counts as three. Uh, in, in, in a moment, we're going to see the Gemara according to Shittas Rav Yehuda. You actually count that as one, not as three, but that's coming up when we get to the Gemara. Okay, so, uh, how many tekiahs are blown in the base of Mikdash on a daily basis? So as we're going to learn together in the Mishnah, the number is 21. How do we get to the number 21? Stay tuned. That will become clear and evident in just a moment. What's the maximum number of tekiahs that can occur in the base of Mikdash? So the Gemara is going to say the number is 48. Now, a big part of today's daf is basically to see whether or not that's, that's true. Meaning the Mishnah says it, so obviously it's true. But is there going to be any other occasion over the course of the year where you can actually exceed that of 48? And uh, so that's going to be a big part of today's daf coming up as well. With all that stated as just a basic introduction, let's begin. Yes, yeah, so the, 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 the one, so I'm going to ask you just to wait. And, and when I say wait, not, not, to, not today. Uh, but when we get to the Gemara Rosh Hashanah, the end of the Masechta, the, in the fourth parak, so we'll go over a little bit more in terms of what we do on, on, on Rosh Hashanah. Right? What we do on Rosh Hashanah is that because we're not sure exactly how that how the broken sound is going to go, so we do a number of variations of what it should sound like. But that is, when we get to the end of Rosh Hashanah, we're going to do that in more detail. Okay. The uh, right now the, the Torah describes the broken blast as trua. That's the term we're going to be using. Okay. That's the. Uh, so in terms of the minimum, minimum number, it's going to be 21. And the maximum number is going to be 48. So we have a range now. It's not only 21 and 48, but it's a range. So the minimum is 21, the maximum is 48. 
And so the Gemara says, okay, great. Now, now that we're here, so let's actually go through the numbers inside. Let's see how we get to these numbers of 21 and 48. So bechol yom hayu sham esrim va'achat kiyos b'mikdash. So on a daily basis, so there'd be 21. How do you get to that number? So number one, you're opening up the eastern gates of the Azara on a daily basis. And so therefore, for that, you're going to be blown shofar. And then there's going to be nine for the Tamid. And nine for the afternoon Tamid. Again, for every time you're offering a carbon seaboard. So it's going to be nine. So fine. So now what does that get us to? That's nine plus nine is 18. Plus the three of Psicha Sashar. So that's 21. That's really nice and simple, and that's going to be daily. So you're not going to st- you're not going to have less than twenty one on a daily basis. Uvimusafim hayu mosifin. Now for the carbon musaf, so you would add, right, uh, right, and the with with pun intended. Obviously, the uh, the musaf is an additional carbonus that are offered on Shabbos, on Rosh Chodesh, on Yantiv. So uh, the uh, all of it enumerated and listed in Parshas Pinchas. So. Uh, the mission tells us that when you have a carbon musaf, so you're going to be adding how many how many tekiyos are you going to be adding? The answer is going to be nine. So uh, so mosif and otesha. So uh, whenever there's a carbon musaf, that's going to be an additional nine. So now let's just uh, let's just add Shabbos as a simple example. So in Shabbos, so you have extra carbonos offered on Shabbos. You also now have the nesachim. You also now have shear, and that's going to be added uh, adding a nine nine more tekiyos. So that's uh, that's twenty one plus nine. That's thirty. Over Erev Shabbos, Hayu Mosifim Sheish. Now, what about an Erev Shabbos? So, an Erev Shabbos would be another six tekiyos. Six tekiyos on Erev Shabbos. Why? So, Shoshla Havtil Es So, three to basically tell the people, okay, new Shabbos is really like coming. We we are on the uh, we we are on the border of Shabbos. So, everyone needs to prepare. So, the first three blasts are, are blown sometime in the late afternoon of Friday. And basically, people out in the field now are hearing the blast, so they know time to come in. And shalosh lahav And three now are basically there to say, "Okay, new Shabbos is right about to begin." Right? Obviously, you're going to be blowing them immediately prior to Shabbos. You're not going to be waiting to when Shabbos actually begins. Lachora, you cannot be docha Shabbos with the blowing of these shofars. But the point is, is that once these shofars are blown, that's it. Now Shabbos has begun. And the way Rashi says it. If you do malachas after these next set of uh, uh, of tkios, so now you are in full violation of Shabbos. You're in mechalal Shabbos. You do so. You do so. B'meizit yechayv skila. Erev Shabbos shabbosochachag. Okay. So, uh, what did we just learn together? So, for every musaf that's offered, that's an additional nine. On erev Shabbos, it's an additional six. And now, not to be confused, I know there are going to be a lot of numbers today. So, if you if you like numbers and you like accounting, today's your daf. Uh, the um, if you don't like numbers and you don't like accounting, it's still your daf. It just you know it means you're going to have to work a little bit harder on it. So n- not to be confused. Obviously, uh, the nine uh, extra ones on Shabbos and the six extra ones on Erev Shabbos, they're not to be added one one with another. Obviously, on Erev Shabbos, there's no carbon musaf for Shabbos. Now there could of course be a carbon musaf for Yontif because Yontif can come out on a Friday. But just to be clear, uh, the nine of Shabbos and the six on Erev Shabbos are not to be. Uh, n- 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 not to be compounded. Now, um, the Erev Shabbos Shabbosochachag. Ah, so now let's talk about Friday uh, that falls out during Sukkot. So now, Hayusham Arba'im Ushmona. Now we're going to get to the number 48. So, how do we get to 48 on a Erev Shabbos during Sukkot? So the Gemara says, I'll tell you how. 
Okay, so number one, the Psicha Sasharim, which we said every day occurs daily. So that gets us to three. Another 12 associated with the, uh, the, the, um, the, uh, Hamayim. Okay. And, and it's broken down into four sets of three. Okay. And I know I read it quickly. There's Shar Elion, the Shar Tachton. And, and, and this is based on Mishnah that we saw earlier in this parak in terms of when they arrive at the Shar Elion, they would blow. They would arrive at the Shar Tachton, they would blow. When they would, when they would actually draw the water, they would blow. And shalosh agabe mizbeach, and then on the mizbeach they would blow again. When meaning when they would be pouring the nisuch hamayim, so that would be three. I'm sorry, it's four sets of three. Four sets of three obviously is twelve. And so now again, let's just do the math. So we have three for the opening of the gates, another twelve for the uh, twelve in total for the nisuch hamayim. So that already gets us now up to fifteen. Okay, and then. Um, uh, you're going to add another 18 on top of that. So that's that's 33. And And remember now, it's also, it's also Yantav, it's Sukkos. So there's a Musaf on Sukkos as well. So that gets us up already to 42. Okay. And remember, it's also Erev Shabbos. Meaning, so now that it's Erev Shabbos, so we're going to be going now from... Yantav to Shabbos. From Yantav to Shabbos, we're going up in Kedusha. So now you're going to have to be blown shofar to tell people that Shabbos is coming. And that's another six. 42 plus six, that gets us to 48. Okay. So what sounds like from our Mishnah is that the maximum number of tekios that, that are going to be blown is that when you have the coinciding of, uh, of, of, of Sukkot and Erev Shabbos. So when they coincide, so it's going to get us to a total number of 48. The Gemara starts off its discussion with noting that our mission is not going like the Shita of Rabbi Yehuda. Who's the Shita of Rabbi Yehuda? So Rabbi Yehuda says that the minimum number is 7 and the maximum number is 16. Now that's not like our Mishnah. Our Mishnah says that the range is anywhere between 21 to 48. Now, if you like numbers, so you figured it out already quickly. And that is, is that Rav Yehuda's numbers are the same as our Mishnah's numbers. It just happens to be that it's not operating on a, um, it's, it's not operating with sevens, but I'm sorry, with on, on, on threes, but obviously it's operating on one. Meaning basically what he did is he took the numbers 21 through 48 and he divided each one of them by three. And that's how he got to the numbers of seven to 16. So in other words, what comes out now is that according to Rav Yehuda, it's the same it's just that when you're doing tekiah, true tekiah, so you count that as one. Oh, okay, fine. And so the Gemara makes exactly that point. So, but my kamiflagi, Rav Yudah Sarva tekiah, true tekiah, achasiv, Rabban Sarve, tekiah lechud, true lechud. Oh, so the Gemara says now it's an accounting issue. Meaning, according to our Mishnah and according to the Chachamim, so tekiah, true tekiah, that is counted as three. Those are three separate blasts. Masha'in can, according to Rav Yudah, tekiah, true tekiah is counted as one. Now, it will become clear in the Gemara in just a moment that they're not just arguing about how to count. Because if that were the case, it's not that particularly exciting a machlokas. Okay, fine. In other words, if it's just a question of does tekiah true or tekiah count as three or count as one, okay, when all said and done, it comes out to the same point. And in other words, then you'll count as three and I'll count it as one. And we're arguing and what are we arguing over? 
it will become clear in the Gemara that if you are Shittas Rav Yehud and you're counting it as one, so that means it also is going to affect the way you blow them. Meaning, if you're a Rabbi Yehuda, so Tekiah Trua Tekiah, which is one, is to be blown, Tekiah Trua Tekiah, as one, as in, in one, I was going to say in one motion, in one breath. Okay? Masha Enkain, if you are the Shita of the Chachamim, so you could do Tekiah, you could pause. You could then do Trua, you could pause. And then you could do Tekiah as well. That will become evident in the Gemara that that is, uh, that is going to be a fallout of this machlok between Rav Yehud and the Chachamim. The Gemara goes through the Svaras, or the Drashas, if you will. My time into Rav Yehud, Amar Kraut, Katam Trua. So let's skip the parentheses. So the, uh, so according to uh, Rav Yehud, based, the Pasuk says, Utkatam Trua, that you will be Tokea a Trua, which means that, that Kia Trua is to be counted as one. So it's really, it's considered one blast. Now, Virabanan, skip the parentheses. Virabanan, halupshutlafanelacharaudasa. Now, the Chachamim is telling us that those Psukim are just telling us that when the Torah says to blow a trua, every trua, by definition, has to have a tkia in front of it and a tkia after it. Virabanan, my time out, And according to the Chachamim, how do I know? How do I know that tkia, trua, and tkia are to be treated not as one blast, but rather three separate blasts? Because, look, uvehakel sakal, titko velotaril. Because when you look at the Pesukim and Parshas Baloscha, so you see what happens when we want to congregate. Meaning when Moshe Rabbeinu wants all the Jews to huddle together. So what does he do? Well, the Torah says that when you want to congregate everybody, titku velotariu. So you just blow the long blast, but you're not going to, you're not going to blow the, the broken blast. Now, Now, what do you want to tell me? That for you, Rev Yehuda, is considered one. So now what are we doing for Hakel? I don't mean hakel, sukkah's hakel. I just simply mean getting everyone together. So what are we doing? So, So it comes out now that what's the Torah want from us? Torah wants us to do a half a mitzvah? Meaning for you, Rebbe Yehuda, every single time that there's a, there's a blowing of the shofar, it's by definition a, it's made up of tekiah, true tekiah. And then for, and then for kihila sakal, for getting everyone together, you're telling me that we're supposed to only do Half of a, what you consider to be a tekiah. Now the Chachamim say for us actually works out great. Because we view tekiah, true tekiah as three different events. So if the Torah says that under certain circumstances you're only doing a tekiah, so the Chachamim say, we're totally comfortable with that. That's fine. But, uh, but, but according to you, Rav Yehuda, that, that's what? That's a half a mitzvah? Rav Yehuda, So the Rav Yehuda will tell you, that's not a mitzvah, meaning that's just getting everyone together. Getting everyone together. Okay, so Karsh Baruch Hu told the Jewish people, and I'm sorry, Moshe told the Jewish people, when we're getting everyone together, here's what we're going to do. We're going we're to, we're, well, I'll blow just a, I'll just, I'll blow just a tekiah. But, but don't call that a mitzvah. And Virabanan, and the Chachamim's counter-argument is, Simanu Hu mitzvah. And the Chachamim say, no, of course you call it a mitzvah. Meaning, if, if Moshe wants to gather all the people together, uh, could, could he do something else? Smoke signals? <laughs> right? Uh, right? I know it's anachronistic, but text messaging? In other words, once the Torah says that Tekiah becomes the way of assembling everyone together, so then it, by definition, now turns into a mitzvah. And, and again, now this goes back to, and, and it reflects on the Chacham Shita. Once we now see that Tekiah can be done in of itself, 
So that means that tekiah is, is considered its own separate unit. And that's why when you're doing tekiah, true tekiah, you count that as three separate blasts. Okay, so what comes out now is that the machlok is between the, between the Tanakam and Rav Yehuda is basically when we have tekiah, true tekiah, so how do you count that? Do you count that as three? Shittas Chachamim or do you count that as one? Shittas Rav Yehuda. And again, the practical difference is going to be how do you blow them? According to Rav Yehuda, it must be done consecutively. According to the Chachamim, it doesn't have to be done consecutively. Oh. And now the Gemara brings us to exactly this point. We are on Nun Gimel Amid Beis. We're two lines from the bottom. So the Gemara says, Keman, Azla Ain so Rav Kahana says that if you're going to be blowing Tekiya Trua, so there could be no pause in, in between them whatsoever. Meaning so, now he's taught, now, now we, nowadays, so we only have one time a year where there's a mitzvah for us to blow Shofar, and that, of course, is Rosh Hashanah. Okay, and we are only but one week away. Crazy, crazy to think about it. But, uh, and so, and so, but according to Rav Kahana, so the Baal Tokeya, when he's blowing Shofar, so he's got to do Tekiya, and go immediately into Trua, with no, with no pause in, in, in between. So the Gemara now wants to know, this Shita of Kahana, so who's the following? So the Gemara says, uh, come on, Kerev Yehuda. So the Gemara says, oh, so he's going like Shita Rav Yehuda. Huh. So this is exactly now where we see in the Gemara that the Machlokes between Rav Yehuda and the Chachamim is going to play out a Nafkamina, a practical difference. So that now Rav Kahana Shita, that there could be no pause between the Tiki and the Trua, by definition... Is going to be reflexive of reflecting the position of of Shita's Rabbi Yehuda. So the Gemara says Pshita. Now the Gemara says, now you know it is a great point, but it's an obvious point. Meaning, what what else were you considering? Meaning, you're right, but you're it, you're also not saying anything new or novel. It's obvious. So the Gemara says maybe not, as we are now on the top of Nandal Madalaf. So maybe no, maybe Rav Kahana really is holding like the Chachamim. And, and when Rav Kahana says that could be no pause between Tekiah and Trua, he didn't mean no pause. Again, this is just a Havamina. This is not the Maskana, at least of what Rav Kahana meant. But right now, we're at least entertaining the idea of what Rav Kahana meant is a small pause is okay. You know what Rav Kahana was opposed to? He was opposed to taking like a significant break. And, and, and who allows for a significant break? So I'll tell you who allows it. So the Gemara says, La Fuki Midrav Yochanan, the Amar, Teisha, Tkios, Betesha shows by Yom Yatsa. So Rav Yochanan says is that you could take a significant break between your Tkias. Now, on Rosh Hashanah, right, the, uh, I know we're a week away, and I know now it would sound like a great time to go through all the halachas of Shofar and Rosh Hashanah, but I'm not going to go through because our goal today is the Daf. So just, just to say as quickly as possible, on Rosh Hashanah, there's a mitzvah to blow nine times. Now, I know we blow more than nine times. We blow 30 times. We blow 40 times. We blow 100 times. Right? Uh, whatever. When we get to the fourth pack of Rosh Hashanah, I'm going to explain this in much greater detail. But anyway, just for our purposes today, let's just say simply that to blow the shofar, the mitzvah, Minatora is to blow it nine times. Tekiah, Trua, Tekiah, and do that two more, and, and do two more rounds of that. That's the mitzvah, Minatora. Rav Yochanan says, here's what you could do. 10 a.m., you know what? We'll blow our first Tekiah. 11 a.m., okay, now we'll do a Trua. Noon, we'll do now another tekiah. And, and, and you, and, and you could, uh, assuming that there's enough time in the day where you can take hour breaks, that's, you know, it's, it, it's spaced over nine hours. Rav Yochanan says, if you do that, you're Yodse, your mitzvah of shofar. Which means that according to Rav Yochanan, 
you can have the longest break in the world between your tkia and your trua, and that would be fine. Uh, again, as long as you get them, as long as you get all nine in by the end of the day. So now the Gemara says, here's what I might have thought. You don't have to put Rav Kahana and slide him over to the sheet of Rav Yehuda. It could be that Rav Kahana is in fact going like the Chachamim. And that the Tkiah and Shur are in fact two separate, uh, two separate blasts. It just happens to be that what Rav Kahana was objecting to was the sheet of Rav Yochanan. So the Gemara says, ah, it's like, it's, it's, it, it, you could have entertained it, but the Gemara says, but I'm not going to entertain it. So, I'm sorry, the Gemara says, I don't know, maybe that's right. So the Gemara says, it's not right, because im came my Look at the language of Rav Kahan. Rav Kahana says that there mamish could be no break whatsoever between your tiki and Shrua. When he says lo klum, zero break between them. So if all he was doing was just simply trying to exclude himself from the sheet of Rav Yochanan, why would he use that strong language of a low klum? So the Gemara says, okay. So it must be that what Rav Kahana meant is that I am siding with the sheet of Rav Yehuda, that there mamish could be no break whatsoever between your tiki and your Shrua. Okay. So what comes out over here from the Gemara's conclusion is, is that we have a machlokasa amarayim between Rav Kahan and Rav Yochanan in terms of whether or not there could be any break between your tkiah and your trua. According to Rav Kahana, no. And the Gemara now, the way the Gemara has it is that it's because Rav Kahana is siding with the shita of Rav Yehuda, the Tana Rav Yehuda, who holds that tkiah, trua, tkiah is considered one blast and therefore there could be zero break between the tkiah and the trua and goes without saying. And the trua followed then by the tkiah afterwards. There could be no break because that's all considered tkiah achas that's viewed as one, and Rav Yochanan is siding with the shita of, of, of the Chachamim. The Chachamim say that Tkiah, Trua, Tkiah are considered three separate blasts, and therefore you could take a break between the Tkiah and the Trua. Okay. Again, Rosh Hashanah is coming up. I'll mention it, but we're not going to go into it in, 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 in any detail. But there is a discussion slash debate that one of the ways that we blow the, the, the broken blast in the middle is that we do what's something called a Shvarim Trua. Um, the Shvarim Trua, so uh, we, we, do, we, we do it as a Shvarim, we do it as a Trua, and we do it as a Shvarim Trua. Should there be a pause between the Shvarim and the Trua? Should it be done by Neshima Achas or should it, should it be done by Shtei Neshimos? So it happens to be that's a Machlokas amongst the Rishonim in terms of whether or not there should or there should not be a pause between them. Rabbeinu Tam says there should be a pause between them. A question of how seriously Rabbeinu Tam meant it. Okay, I, I, I just, I, I, it's a it's a sidetrack from our Gemara, but... It, okay, just thinking about it because of Rosh Hashanah, Rosh Hashanah coming up. Anyway, that's where, that, that's where we land on, on the topic. We, we go back now the, uh, to our Mishnah. Um, a, lo, a lokatani, uh, yeah, I'm sorry, lokatani. Okay, now, uh, when you go through, remember, our Mishnah gave us the example where you can have the maximum number of, sh- of shofar blasts, and that's going to be where it is an Erev Shabbos and Sukkot. So Erev Shabbos and Sukkot, so it's going to be a total of 48. Okay, and again, if I could just quickly recap. So it's going to be, uh, how many carbonates that are offered? I'm, I'm going to, I'll just, I'll organize it a little bit differently than the, the way the mission did, but it's going to come out to be the same. So um, uh, the, uh, how many how many that are offered? So the Shachit, the Tamisho Shachar, the, the Musafim, but for as far as Shofar is concerned, the Musafim are all going to be considered one, and then there's the Tamisho Ben Arbaim. So that's nine times three. That's 27. Then on top of that, you have another 12 for the Nisa Chamayim. So um, the 30, that's 39. And then it's Erev Shabbos. So tack on 
a number, uh, a, a number. Uh, I'm sorry, tack on a number, uh, another six. So that is going to get us to 45. And then, remember, every morning when we open up the Eastern Gate, I know I'm going out of order, but every morning then we, when we open up the Azara, so that's another three, so that gets us to 48. Okay, that, that, that was our Mishnah. And now the Gemara wants to know, you know, it's interesting, because if you, if you remember our Mishnahis over here, so we did, we did stop on the 10th step. When we made the descent to go from the Azara down to the, to the Eastern Gate, so what we did is that we stopped on the 10th, te- on the 10th step. The, the Gemara had a question uh, whether it was 10 from the top or 10 from the bottom, but whatever. Let's just call it right now the 10th step, and we blew Shofar over there. Do you know, did you notice that Armish didn't mention that? And, and, and it can't mention that, meaning because we, we, we have to max out at 48. And if we were to add that, that would have gotten us to 51. Okay, so Armish didn't mention that. So Masisa Mani, Rebbe Lazim, and Yaakov. So the Gemara says, okay. So, uh, so what we're going to learn together is, is that there's a Tanus of the opinion that you don't blow Shofar in the 10th step. Obviously, the previous Mishnah does not subscribe to that viewpoint, but our Mishnah, today's Mishnah, subscribes to that viewpoint. The Tanya, the Gemara, quotes the Shalosh So according to the Tanakhama, you do blow Shofar in the 10th step, and Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov, and Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov says that, no, three Agabe HaMizbeach, when you're doing the Nisa Chamayim, Okay, Rashi over here goes at length in terms of this Al Gabi Is it for the Nisa Chamayim? Is it for the for for the Zikifas Harava? Maybe the two events coincide. Okay, for our purposes right now, just to keep everything as simple as possible, our Mishnah does not subscribe to blowing shofar in the tenth step. So Haomer Lamala Asiris Eino Omer Al Gabi Mizbech Vaomer Gabi Mizbech Eino Omer Lamala Asiris. And the Gemara says, look, whichever position you are you are not going to subscribe to the other viewpoint. And again, it's a number issue because we, we can only max out at 48. So the either the three are coming because of the 10th step or the three are coming because you were doing an Agabe HaMizbech. So my time, So the Gemara says, look, according to Rabbi Lazar Yaakov, you already blew Shofar for the opening of the, of, of the gate. So now you're going to be blown also on the 10th step as well. So, uh, that's why, uh, for Abelazim and Yaakov, it's better to blow it on the, Agabe uh, And for Abban and Sarvi came into Taka Amayim, Agabe Amizbech Lamali. And, and the, and the Chachamim will tell you, no, you already blew for the Milu Hamayim. Now you're also going to be blown on the Agava, Agava Mizbech. That's why belonging on the 10th step is preferable. Okay. Yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm not fully admitting that I, I fully understand the Sfaras over here, but still, when all said and done, it just, it's a technical point, very technical point, and that is, is that our Mishnah does not have the blowing of the shofar on the 10th step, and that's because our Mishnah subscribes to the Sheet of Rebbe Lazar Yaakov. Okay. The remainder of today's daf is all going to revolve around the brisa that was brought by Rav Acha Barabi Chanina. Rav Acha Barabi Chanina brought a brisa with him. The brisa is going to make a point. He's going to interpret the point of the brisa. And for the remainder of today's today's daf, going into tomorrow's daf, all we're going to do is we're going to explore the point of the brisa. And specifically, Rav Acha's interpretation of the brisa. Now, it's going to take us into a number of different areas in, a, in, in, in halacha, but it's all really focusing on one point. So first of all, let's make the point. So first, the brisa. 
The Bnei Aaron are going to be blowing on the shofar. So the Brisa notes that there seems to be a redundancy in the Torah, where the Torah already told us that we're blowing on the shofar, and then the Torah repeats that we're blowing on the shofar. So al olosechem, I'm sorry, vutkatem bechatzosos al olosech al olosechem al zivchei shamechem matam alamar yitkau. So why the redundancy? So here, here's how the Brisa punctuates hakol lefi hamusafim token. So the Brisa says is that, uh, you know what the Torah is coming to teach us? Hakol lefi hamusafim. Okay. Now, admittedly, the Brisa is obviously trying to make a really strong point, but it needs interpretation. What exactly did the Brisa mean? So, who tanila vahu amarla? So, Rav Achib Rabbi Chenina not only says over the Brisa, but on top of that, he also now says, Pshat in the Brisa. Pshat in the Brisa goes as follows. Lama shetoken akol musafo musaf. The Chiddush of the Brisa is, is that let's say it's a day where we bring multiple Musafim. You're going to be blowing shofar for each Musaf individually. Okay, now, I want to try to be as clear as possible. Um, wh- when do we have multiple Musafim? Now, what I mean by that is as follows. Remember, uh, Shabbos, we bring extra Karbanos. Now, it's more than one extra Karbanos. And on Yantav, we bring extra Karbanos. And again, it's more than one extra Karbanos. But what we can do and what we are going to do is that we're just simply going to say Shabbos we bring Musaf. Now, how many Karbanas that come in conjunction with the Musaf from Shabbos? Okay, open up Parshas Pinchas and, the, and, 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 you'll, and you'll get exactly how many Karbanas that are brought. And the same thing is true regarding Yantif and the same thing is true regarding Rosh Chodesh, etc., etc. But when we say Musaf over here, we mean Musaf for Shabbos, Musaf for Yantif. Now, of course, what can happen and what does happen is that Musaf and Yantif, sorry, Shabbos and Yantif are going to overlap. So when they overlap, so the way the Rabbi Acha understands the Braisa is that we're going to be blowing shofar for the Musaf of Shabbos, that's nine, and you're going to be blowing shofar for the Musaf of Yantif, that's another nine. That's the way that he understands it. Meaning before we learned the Braisa, what you could have said is that when Shabbos and, 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 and Yantif coincide, when they overlap, so what you could say is that, look, We'll bring all the Musafim, and as far as blowing of the shofar, we'll blow it one time. That's what you could have said, and the Bryce is teaching us no. It's going to be nine blasts for the Musaf of Shabbos, nine blasts for the Musaf of Yantav, and when they coincide, so okay, fine. So, well, it's going to be 18 in total. So the Gemara says, okay. So the Gemara says, Tanan. So now, for the remainder of today's daf, the question is very simple. Is this, a, is this, is his interpretation of the Bryce a defensible position. And the Gemara is going to challenge and defend his position for the remainder of today's daf. So let's begin. We are in the middle of Nandala and Aleph, uh, halfway down, the beginning of the line. Tanam, we learned on the mission, Erev Shabbos, Besocha Chag, So it's Erev Shabbos, it's Besocha Chag. So we're going to blow 48, that's what we learned on our Mishnah. Vimi, so listen, Shabbos, Besocha Chag. So, Mishkacha Lacha Mishim Bechad. So the Gemara says, well, let me ask you. If we have Shabbos and Sukkot coincide, which happens every single year, Sukkot is seven days. One of those days is going to overlap with Shabbos. So then it comes out now that how many how many shofar blasts are there going to be? There's going to be a total of fifty-one. So how do you get to fifty-one? So now it's going to be Tamshel Shachar, Tamshel Ben Arbayim, Musaf of Shabbos, Musaf of Sukkot. So that's already uh, that that's already four times nine. That's already thirty-six, and then. You're going to be adding all the additional ones that come. 12 for the Milu Hamayim, 
Now, hopefully that should bother you because it's Shabbos. Right. We, and we don't draw water on Shabbos. But if you could just entertain me for just a moment. So now that already gets us up to uh, 40, uh, 48. Right? The, uh, we're at, we are at 36, now we're at 48. And then for, for the opening of the gate, so that's going to get us to 51. Okay? So the Gemara says, so now, if Rav Ach is right, that when I have Shabbos and Yantav and they coincide, it's going to be now a, 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 a Tkiah for both the Musaf of Shabbos and the Musaf of Yantav, so now we have, we're at 51. So I'm Rabbi Zer, Lafishi, and So right now the Gemara tries to give an answer. The Gemara says, well, I'll tell you what. On Shabbos, you don't blow shofar uh, for the opening of the gate. To the, which the Gemara says, what? Really? So Amar Rav, Amanhad, Alochashal Kimcha. So Rav says, what, 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 what kind of response was that? And, and, and he, the truth of the matter is, is that he said it even more critically than the way I said it. Meaning you're grinding your wheat and you're not even careful. Right? The whole purpose of, of, of grinding and sifting the wheat is to make sure to separate the good from the bad. So it, it basically he's saying, you're giving an answer. You're not, get, you're not providing the, the requisite thought to the answer you just gave. Right, you on Shabbos we're taking out three because of Psicha Shashar. So Yom So first of all, can, can can you go back to the Mishnah? Read the Mishnah. The Mishnah says that every day you're blown twenty one. Right? The right nine for the uh, the Tamishal Shachar, nine shall Tamishal Bain Arbaim, and three for the opening of the gate. And the Mishnah says, Bichol Yom, you do it every day. Which certainly sounds like that includes Shabbos as well. Vaodi Nami uh Nenu listening Shabbos Shabbosokhag. So, Hayusham Arbin Vishmona, Desham is Tarte. And, and on top of that, he says also, let, let me ask you, um, if, if you're right, meaning, let, let's, let's keep, um, um, let's say that we have, we want, the mission wants to get us to the maximum of 48. Okay? So, how do we get to 48? Right now, there are two pathways to get to 48. One is our Mishnah, which was, it was an Arab Shabbos, and it was, uh, and, and it coincides with Sukkot. Or the other way to do it, or at least the way you think right now, is that it could be Shabbos and Sukkot. Okay? And, and, and again, the, how are we going to get there to 48? So we got to knock out the three of the opening of the gate, of the Psicha Sashar. And again, even though I know the Gemara just said, I don't like it, but for just a moment, let's even entertain that, 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 the, uh, that we knocked it out. So I can either get to 48 by having Sukkot and Erev Shabbos coincide. Or I can get to 48 by having Shabbos and Sukkot coincide. He says, of the two ways to do so, which one would the Mishnah prefer? Now, it's a funny question, but the answer is, whichever one is teaching us more Chidushim. Meaning the Mishnah wants to max out on the number of Chidushim. So they'll tell you the truth. It's, it, 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 the Mishnah would like the case of Erev Shabbos much better. So, um, uh, I'm sorry. Everything I said was correct, except for that very last point. The Mishnah would have preferred Shabbos and Sukkot coinciding. That would have gotten us to the, more, to the most chidushim. Chidush number one is that we don't blow on the 10th step. Okay, fine. The, the point could have been made in either scenario. But then the Mishnah also would have been teaching us that, uh, that, that on Shabbos and Sukkot I'm blowing a set of tkios, nine tkios for, for the Musaf of Shabbos, and nine tkios for the Musaf of, of Sukkos, that's, that, that's, that's, that would have been a great Chiddush. Meaning, if, 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 that, if the Mishnah would have given us that scenario, and we would have learned that Chiddush, that's a much bigger, bigger Chiddush than, than Erev Shabbos and, and Sukkos, 
So Ella Amar Rav Lefisha ain't talking lemilu. I'm in b'shabes the battery tuva. So the Gemara says, okay. So the point that we all missed, and we didn't miss it. It just it took the Gemara a moment to get there, and that is, is that do you know why the Mishnah didn't give the example of Shabbos and Sukkot coinciding? Because you don't, you're not going to get to fifty one. You're not even going to get to forty eight. Okay, let's all remind each other what we learned earlier in our parak, and that is, is that they didn't draw the water on Shabbos, meaning they did the mitzvah nisuch hamayim on Shabbos. But they didn't draw the water on Shabbos. The water was drawn prior to Shabbos. So that knocks out a significant number of tkios. So there are at least nine, could be 12 tkios that are going to get knocked out. So you're not getting to the number 51. You're not getting to the number 48. So when the Mishnah is now giving us the, the, the maximum number of tkios, that's why the Mishnah gave us the example of Sukkot and Erev Shabbos. Okay. We're almost, oh, good. So, so, so we avoided... So, so, uh, Rav Acha with this Bryce that says that you're blowing, uh, you're blowing shofar for every Musaf that's coming. So, I, what about when Sukkot and, 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 and Shabbos coincide? So the Gemara says, yeah, that's great. So you are going to blow for the Musafim of Sukkot and you're going to be blowing for the Musafim of Shabbos. But that doesn't, that doesn't pose a pr- problem whatsoever because I, how come it didn't make it into our Mishnah? The answer is very simple because you're not getting to 48 blasts. You're not getting to 51. You're not getting to 48. Okay. So the Gemara says, okay, but if Ravacha is right, new question. If Ravacha is right, that, you're, that we're going to be blowing shofar for every Musaf, so what now happens when Rosh Hashanah and Shabbos coincide? How many Musafim do you have on that day? The answer is very simple. Three. One for Shabbos, one because it's Rosh Chodesh, and one because it's Rosh Hashanah. Meaning Rosh Hashanah is the Yanta, but it's also Rosh Chodesh. So the Gemara says, Musaf de Rosh, Rosh Hashanah, Musaf de Rosh Chodesh, Musaf de Shabbos. So the, um, and so now, uh, how, how, many, how many is that in total? So that's going to be three sets of Musafim, nine times three, that's 27. And then, remember, how many for a regular day? 21. Okay. Uh, so 21, 27, 48. And the Gemara is saying it does. Okay. So right now the Gemara is entertaining that it does. So 21, 27, that's 48. So the Gemara says, so why didn't our Mishnah give us that example? Now, it's not as strong as the question that we asked previously, because previously, at least for a moment, we thought that we got to the number 51. Now, it turns out that we didn't get to the number 51. But over here now, okay, so we got to 48 on Rosh Hashanah that coincides with Shabbos. Why didn't the Mishnah give that example? So, so the Gemara says, well, once again, our Mishnah preferred the example of Erev Shabbos Sukkos because it gave us a Chiddush of Rebbe Lazar Yaakov, which is, is that you're not blowing on the 10th step. So the Gemara says, Atom Mikam, or listening, ha, velo listening, ha, listening, ha, listening, ha. The Gemara says, I got this great idea. If the Mishnah wants to give us examples of 48, so why stop with the one example of Erev Shabbos coming out in Sukkos? Here's what the Mishnah could have done. I'll give you a couple scenarios a year where we're going to be blown 48 times. One example would be Erev Shabbos on Sukkot. Another example would be when Rosh Hashanah coincides with Shabbos. It's, it would be so difficult for the Mishnah to have done that. So the Gemara says, Tan of So the Gemara says, well, if the Mishnah was to give us every example where we get to 48, so there are just too many examples. So the Mishnah gave us one, but the truth of the matter is there are others out there. 
Now, this idea of Tanavishayar, it's a common idea. And, and remember, the Mishnayos want to be as, as, as short and succinct as possible. And so therefore, if there are a host of examples and the Mishnah could just give, give us one and we'll figure out the rest, that's great. But look, if right now we came, how, how, many, how many pathways do we get to 48? So right now we have two examples. If all you got are two examples, I, then Tanavishayar is not a strong argument. The Mishnah, the Mishnah left out this one because there are others. Well, what other ones are there? Okay. So, high Shire, uh, sorry. So, my Shire to high Shire. So, that's the Gemara wants to know. So, what else was left out from the Mishnah where the Mishnah didn't bother giving us a second example of Rosh Hashanah co- co- coinciding with Shabbos because, because there are other examples. So, the Gemara says, uh, Shire Erev Pesach. So, the Gemara says, well, I'll tell you what the Mishnah left out. The Mishnah left out Erev Pesach. Okay. Now, we know, of course, on Erev Pesach, so the carbon Pesach was brought. Okay, and, and a crash course on what happens on Erev Pesach. So there are going to be three rounds of Jewish people going into the Azara uh, offering the carbon Pesach. There is also going to be a halal set. Now, the halal is going to be broken up into three sections. And with the beginning of every section, you're going to be blowing the shofar. And you're going to be blowing the shofar three times with the beginning of every section. So that means to say that in, a, in, in, in one round of, of halal, so there's going to be nine blasts. In the second round of Halal, so in the second, in the second rotation of, of the Jewish people going into the Azara, another nine. In the third rotation, another nine. 27 total in Erev Pesach. So the Gemara says, okay, so now that's 27 in total. Couple that together with the 21 that's done on a daily basis. That gets you to 48. Huh? Perfect. So the Gemara says, wait one second. It, it, it's almost perfect. So, so it happens to be the sheet of Rav Yehuda is that when you get to the third round, we didn't even, we, we, we weren't able to cover a halal, a full halal. Why? Because halal said while they were checking the Karm Pesach, and when you got to round three, eh, it was just, it was a small group of people that made it in. in so he, he, he didn't blow uh, you didn't blow a total of nine times. You only, according to Rabbi Yehuda, you only blew one round of three for the third round. So it comes out that according to Rabbi Yehuda, it's not 27 on Erev Pesach, but rather it's, it's only 21 on Erev Pesach. So the Gemara says, So the Gemara says, wait one second. Do you remember the beginning of today's year? Remember how we said that our mission is not going like Rabbi Yehuda? So the Gemara says, So the Gemara says, well, it could very well be that vis-a-vis how to count your tekiyos, our mission is not going like Rabbi Yehuda, but it could be that as far as Erev Pesach is concerned, maybe our mission is going like Rabbi Yehuda. Okay, so again, if our mission is in fact going like Rabbi Yehuda regarding Erev Pesach, so it comes out now that how many how many times are we blowing shofar on Erev Pesach for Rabbi Yehuda? The answer is only going to be not 48, but rather only 42. Again, 21 for the daily, and for Rabbi Huda, only 21 for the carbon Pesach. So that's 42. So Elamai Shire to High Shire, Shire Erev Pesach, Shechalios, Be'erev Shabbos, Apik Shis, Va'ayel Shis. So the Gemara says, well, when Erev Pesach comes, comes out on a Friday, so that would be an example where it's going to be 48. How do we get to 48? Because remember, it's now, on, for the daily 21, for, for the carbon Pesach, according to Rabbi Huda, it's another 21. And because it's Friday, so now it's going to be another six. So that gets us to 48. Okay. I, like I said, the beginning of Shir today, a lot of accounting and, and, and a lot of different ways to get, uh, to, to, to get to the number 48. 
when all is said and done, so basically what we have is the following. Uh, the, 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 uh, on a daily basis, you're, you're going to be 21 uh, shofar blasts, uh, three for the opening of the gate, three for the tum- I'm sorry, nine for the Tamash Shachar, nine for the Tamash Shalbein Arbaim. That gets you to 21. And then, in terms of the maximum number of shofar blasts, uh, so it's going to be 48. And now, when all is said and done, at this point in time, there were three different ways that we got to the number 48. One is a Mishnah's example where, um, where, um, Sukkot coincides with, uh, with, with Friday. Okay, so, and, uh, so based on, uh, the 21 daily, plus the Musafim of, of, of Sukkot, plus the Milu Hamayim, for Nisa Hamayim, so it gets you to number 48. Okay? Another way to get to the number 48, as we just learned, is when Rosh Hashanah coincides with Shabbos. Based on the Brisa that Rabbi Acha interprets, that you, that you're gonna be, uh, blowing nine blasts for every Musaf. So for the Musaf of Shabbos and Rosh Chodesh and Rosh Hashanah, so that already gets you to 27, couple that together with the 21 daily, that gets you to 48. We also learned there's another way to get to 48, and that's going to be when Erev Pesach falls out on a Friday. When Erev Pesach falls out on a Friday, so it's going to be, according to Rabbi Yehuda, 21 blasts for the current Pesach, 21 for the daily, that's 42, plus 6 for Erev Shabbos, that's another way to get to 48. So we have now uh, uh, uncovered three different ways to get to 48. How come they didn't blow the six on the uh, Yontif on the regular day? Stopping the, the blow, the blow. All right. All right. So prob- probably, uh, I, 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 probably because it had to do with the fact that Shabbos has skila, an Issa skila. And for Yontif, it doesn't have an Issa skila. Uh, that, that's my best guess. I, right? It cer- certainly sounds that way from the, from the Rashi that we saw earlier. Okay. Um, okay. You know what? I, I am yeah. I'm going to stop here. Uh, tomorrow, tomorrow we'll pick it up. Tomorrow, a, l- a, a little bit more calendar talk. But all right, I see the time. I see where we are in terms of the uh, in terms of the daf. Okay, so uh, let's put, uh, good. Let's recap. Let's recap uh, our, our basic points today. So uh, the very technical daf today in terms of the blowing of the shofars uh, that that's done in in the base of mikdash. And again, the blowing of the shofar is primarily done with the Nisa Chamayim and the Shir that's, sing, that's sung by the Levim, not exclusively, but principally, that's when, that's when Shofar was blown. On a daily basis, so it was blown 21 times. For the Nisa Chamayim Shir that's done for the Tamishal Shachar, for the Nisa Chamayim Shir, the Shir that was sung by the Levim over the Tamishal Ben Arabayim, that's already, that's nine for each of them, and then three for the Psicha Sashar. For the opening of the gate, that's another three, and that gets you to 21. That's done on, on a daily basis. And then the Mishnah also taught us that, the, um, that you can max out in 48. How do you max out in 48? So the Mishnah's example is going to be, was, where you had Sukkot and Erev Shabbos coinciding. So how do you get to 48? 21 of the daily. Another 9 for the Musaf of Sukkot. That already gets you up to 30. Plus another 12 in total for the Nisa Chamayim. All the times that we, uh, t- that we, filled, uh, that we draw the water, uh, pass through the Shar Elyon, pass through the Shar Tachton, Al Gabe Hamazbeach. It's another 12 in total. That gets you to 42. And because it's Erev Shabbos, so you blow Shofar six more times. Three times to tell the people to come back from the field, because Shabbos is, Sh- Shabbos is uh, coming really soon. And then another three times to tell us that Shabbos is now officially has begun. Which means that anyone does Malacha from that point going forward, Bemezid is Chayv Skila. Okay. So that is the uh, that's the mission is an example of getting to 48. 
Okay, the uh, the Gemara started off with the following point, and that is, is that our Mishnah counting Tkiah, Trua, Tkiah as three separate blasts. Our Mishnah is not going like Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda Shita is, Tkiah, Trua, Tkiah is counted as one. Rabbi Yehuda says that the minimum and maximum numbers are not 2148, but rather they are 716. Because for him, Tkiah, Trua, Tkiah is counted as one. So it comes out now that they lead seven, and it maxes out at 16. The difference between Rabbi Yehuda and the Chachamim is how to count Tkiah, Trua, Tkiah, and it also plays out practically in terms of whether one is allowed to take a break between the Tkiah and the Trua. According to Rabbi Yehuda, you're not allowed to take a break. According to the Chachamim, you are allowed to take a break. How long a break? Well, we learned this morning, Rav Yochanan. Rav Yochanan says, could be an hour, right? You blow, you blow the chauffeur, you wait an hour, then you get, I'm sorry, you blow Tkiah, you wait an hour, you do Trua, you wait an hour, you blow Tkiah, and you do that nine times over the course of the day, your Yotz design with your mitzvah of chauffeur on Rosh Hashanah. Okay. Uh, again, by the way, that point of Rav Yochanan needs a lot more clarification. When we, when, when we get back to Rosh Hashanah, Mir Hashem, the fourth parak, we're going to do that in much greater detail. The, uh, the last thing that we, uh, that we covered uh, this morning is a brysa brought in by Rav Acha. Rav Acha by Yaakov on Nundala Amid Aleph brought in a brysa. He brought, he brought in from the south and the brysa makes a cryptic statement. His interpretation is that you blow shofar for every musaf that's offered that day. Now, generally speaking, it's only going to be one set of musafim for Shabbos, a set of musafim for Yantif, et cetera, et cetera. But if you have coinciding Shabbos Yantiv, so you're going to be blowing shofar for both the, for each of the Musafim individually. Meaning you'll blow shofar for the set of Shabbos Musafim and you'll blow shofar for the set of Yantiv Musafim. Okay. And what the Gemara now has done over the course of the Daf is it wanted to know whether or not this, uh, his interpretation is a defensible position. And the answer to, to say over the rest of today's Daf really succinctly, it is a defensible position. I, the Mishnah, then could have given numerous other examples of how to get to 48. And the Gemara's response is, you're right. It could have. The Mishnah gave one example, but there are other ways to get there.